okay, I'm going to be a bit different today. We're going to go Bible study mode. Okay, so you will need a paper and pen. If you don't have a paper and pen, which I probably, you probably won't, get your mobile phones out. Take some notes, right? Anything that I teach tonight, I want you to go into the scriptures and study it out at home. Okay, so this is what we're going to do tonight. I want to present some information and it's down to you to study it. One of the worst things that we can do when we hear messages is hear a message. Leave and say, that was a good message, right? Yeah, that was a good message. Yeah, it's a good preacher. Yeah, it's a good preacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then get on with the, our days, our weeks, and we go to the next weekend. Don't do that, right? Because the problem with that is that I can give you information that will just puff up your pride. But we don't want that. We want this not just to be knowledge. We want this knowledge to be imparted to you as a received revelation that will lead you to a place of worship. So everything that is delivered, which is of truth, by the Spirit of God, don't keep it in your mind. Make sure it sits in your heart and see God bear fruit. Amen? Amen. Okay. Today's message is called Powering Your Path to Holiness. I want to talk about three concepts. One concept is the most important one. It's called sanctification. Sanctification. But I'm also going to talk about two other concepts that you need to know with sanctification. That word is consecration, consecration and righteousness. Consecration and righteousness. What is it all about? Sanctification. I'm going to just go straight to the conclusion and we're going to work backwards. There is no real Christianity without sanctification in your life. Or, let me say it better, Christ will not be evident in your life if there is no sanctification. This is key. If there's no sanctification taking place in your life, there's a good chance that Christ won't be seen in your life or through your life. A fourth word, which is actually very important in this, is holiness. Holiness. Very important word. So we're going to go through sanctification, consecration, righteousness, and holiness. Okay, let's go into the scripture. Ephesians chapter one, verse two to four. Ephesians chapter one, verse two to four. Now, when Paul is writing this, he's writing this when he's in the desert of Arabia, right? So, you know, for those who don't know, he was in the desert for, for about three years not talking to anyone, not doing anything. It's him, the whole of the Old Testament in his memory, meditating with the Spirit of God. He is being downloaded revelation to the point that when he comes out of the desert and speaks to the disciples that were actually walking with Jesus, he says one of my favorite lines. He went to the disciples to find out if they could add anything to his revelation. Favorite line in the Bible, and they added nothing. Think about that. A man who never walked with Jesus by himself, himself in the natural has nothing but the Holy Spirit and the Old Testament in his mind and is revealed so many things that the disciples that were walking with him couldn't add anything to what God had revealed to him. If that could be true for him, how powerful could it be if you have the whole Old Testament and New Testament and the Holy Spirit, what could God reveal to you? Ephesians 1, verse, um, chapter two, um, verse 2 to 4, it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. This is the verse I want you to really key in. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I want you to understand this particular verse four, this is God's intention for you. I'll read verse four again. God's intention for us who believe is that he chose us in Jesus before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. It's significant. Holiness is significant. It's God's intention for all of us to be holy, but we can only be holy in Jesus. Let's talk about holiness for a second. Holiness is 100% God. It's a, it's a, let's say it like this, it's, a, it's 100% a God thing and 0% a human thing. We can exercise ourselves in physical shape. We can study ourselves into mental shape, but we cannot work ourselves into holy shape. We ourselves cannot do that. But you may say to yourself, but hold on, Pastor A, doesn't scripture talk about um, holy, um, holy times and holy places and holy people and things? Yes, it does. It does. God says the seventh day is holy. The ground around the burning bush was holy. Israel was a holy nation. The inner room that I love, the tabernacle, was the most, um, uh, in, uh, inner room was called the holy of holies. These Places, times, people, uh, locations have the title wholly attached to it, but why? The question is, the answer is this. It's God's presence on the people, on the, in the places, the times and the locations that makes it holy. God's presence on a thing makes it holy. Why? Because God himself is holy. So I'm gonna define holy as this. It's different. Holy is set apart. Holy is no longer common. Holy is only available for divine use. Holy is separate. Holy is very important and it, these um, this definition of holy, holy is great ways to actually describe elements of who God is. If we were to go to Revelation chapter 21, it talks about this, verse 9 to 10. Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me a great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. You see, the only things that are found in heaven are holy things. The bride of Christ are to be a holy people. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Brothers and sisters, God wants children specifically holy children. He wants a holy family. Children in the image of his first uniquely born son. That is why we are included in Christ. 
to be holy. The only way God can be known through you is if you choose to separate yourself to him. I'll say that again. The only way God can be seen in your life is if you choose to separate your life completely to him. If you're not separated onto him, you will be available for common use. <laughs> if you're not separated onto him, you will be available for common use. So, we spoke about holiness, sanctification. Listen to this. To sanctify is the process of being made holy. To sanctify is the process of being made holy. God wants us to be separated so he can saturate us with himself. God himself is distinct, uncommon, different to the things which are common. And God's desire, him being holy, is to saturate us with his holiness. And when we allow that to happen, it is called sanctification. Or you can say it like this, sanctification. To be separated onto God and saturated with God as the Holy One, the one who is different and distinct from everything and everyone else which is common. There are two things God wants. One, for you to be separated to him, and two, for you to be saturated with him. Sanctification is the empowering process by which we are made holy. Okay. In my house, there are special cups. Now, if you've ever been to a Nigerian house, there are normal cups for common use. And there are special cups for special use. The cups that are special still have the same ability and capacity to do the things that the common cup can do. But they're special. They're set in my house in a high place. They were originally set in a high place because I was small. So it was out of touch by the common man. But what's so interesting is these cups remained, never touched, still set apart, never touched. Dust would grow on them, all kinds of things would happen. And we would only find that out when special people came. Andrew, get the cups. Hey, yes, mom. Get the cups. Put it on the table. I see dust over it. I said, yeah, this is embarrassing. Wash the cups. Come back. I wash the cups. Have it ready. My mom would say something beautiful. Andrew, get a, a cup for yourself. I would go to where the other good cups were. Yeah, where are you going? I said, yeah, okay, yes. I come back with my teacup. I plunk it down. We drank, I drank. What's so interesting about sanctification 
and this cup story that I'm telling you is that my mom had cups that were set apart. They were set apart for special people, special moments. There are cups in my house that don't look as special as that cup. Now, let me tell you something really interesting. Let's move away from my mom and her cups. In life, the cups represent people. And anyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ, by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, they have been spiritually and legally set apart. How interesting that the cup that is set apart looks like a normal cup. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you sound like. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how many people like you, how many friends you have. If God has set you apart because of your faith in the blood of the Lamb, then you have been set apart. Irrespective of what you may look like in the natural, in his eyes, You've seen something special. You've seen something special in the blood of Jesus Christ and by virtue, he's made you special. Hallelujah. Now, here's the reality. Though you have been set apart, you can still be used if you leave yourself open to common use. Let me tell you this. Many believers are in this state. This represents being justified. Justification. Okay, this is good. Spirit, soul, body. The Bible talks that we are a tri-state being. When you had faith in Jesus Christ, your spirit was justified. I will actually say it like this. Your spirit was sanctified. Your spirit has been set apart. It's holy. It's one with God. Your issue is you're not just a spirit. You are a soul and you have a body. Now, here's the problem. Though your spirit has been set apart, it's justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your soul hmm, may not be in agreement. You may, you may have had faith in Jesus Christ, but right now, today, you're not believing in the reality that you're set apart. You still think you're just for common use. Now, here's the problem with that in life. For those who don't engage in the sanctification process, they leave themselves open to be affected by the enemy. You can be affected by the enemy by TV. You can be affected by the enemy in conversations. You can be affected by the enemy in relationships, at work. Any situation, you can be affected by the enemy. Even though you have been set apart you can be filled by something that God does not want for you. Here's the problem with that. Though you have been set apart, you're filled with error. And given the right situation, the right time, the right circumstance, that error will come out in a behavior or a word. How interesting when Peter rebuked Jesus and said, Jesus, you will never die. How interesting that though Peter was a believer, he was still open to error 
And Jesus' rebuke was, hmm, get behind me, Satan. What does that represent? That represents that any believer, any believer, though you've been set apart from God, if you're not taking part in the sanctification process, something else will be at work and in process in you. So many people, so many relationships have been broken down. Godly men and women have been broken down. Why? Because sanctification was not a living reality. They left themselves open, and as a result, the enemy came in, he killed, he stilled, he destroyed. Sanctification is so important. Why? Because not only does God want you to be set apart, he wants, to be, he wants you to allow him to fill you. He wants to saturate you. Why does he want to saturate you? He wants to saturate you because all of him in you means his will will be done in you and through you. Many people think that if I obey the commandments, these are works of righteousness, error. Not true. You don't believe me? Ask the Jews. The Jews have tried to keep the law. Jesus said, ah, you guys are trying to look through scripture and try to hold on and try to find eternal life through the scriptures. But the scriptures talk about me. I am living eternal life. Righteousness. Righteousness isn't just about having right standing with God. Your spirit is righteous in God's eyes. Yes. However, you have been given the opportunity to reveal works of righteousness if the Spirit of God fills you. That's the catch. Philippians 1.11 talks about the fruits of righteousness. The fruits of righteousness will be a reality in your life if the presence of the Holy Spirit is fully engaging in your life. Sanctification, the fruits of the Spirit. Listen, so many people think to me, oh, Andrew, but you're a pastor. Be kind right now. Listen, if I'm not filled with God, who is kind? If I'm not filled on that day with God, who is, who is merciful, who is patient, if he has not filled me today, today you ain't going to see him in me. The title alone of pastor doesn't mean God will be revealed. But the call to the believer is to be sanctified so he can be seen. You have been called for Jesus to be Lord. What does this mean? This means everything that you were, everything that you can do without him, to him is like filthy rags. He doesn't want 90% him and 10% you it still is awful. Or 99% you, um, um, him and 1% you, it's still awful. I said to my young nephew, I said to him, what would you do if I gave you a drink and I filled it with 50% of the hamster's urine? I said, would you drink it? He said, no. I said, what about if I put 1%? Would you drink it? He said, no, never. Why? I said, why wouldn't you drink it? Because whether it's 1% or 99%, it has the hamster's urine in it. I'm not going to drink it, Pastor Andrew. He called me Pastor Andrew as if, what are you talking about? 
if we know the truth, why would we be happy for only 90% of the truth in our life? So much error in our lives is down to what you don't believe about God. Read the book of Job. It's not about what you know, it's about what you believe. Anything that is believed in your heart, realized in your heart, will become either faith or fear. The question is, what is the source? Is it from God or is it from the devil? If it's from the devil and you believe it, guess what? It will produce fear. But if it's from God and you believe it, it produces faith. Sanctification is the working of the Spirit by faith to a believer who is surrendered and living entirely for the fear of God and the manifestation of the glory of God in their life at all times. That's the call. It's a big call. I fail many times. But when I wake up the new day, the call still remains. Sanctification can best be done if you make your life all about worshiping God. Matthew 16, 25 says this, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Worship is the response of receiving God's supernatural love in your soul. When God's supernatural love is in your soul, you have fulfilled Romans 5.5 where it talks about hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. When the love of God is being poured into your hearts, it's power, it's life, it's light. And when his light is in you, you realize that you are the light of the world. It's not about your effort, sanctification. Sanctification is all about God's effort. It's all about God's power at work in you. But in order for this to happen, there is one word that you need to know, and that word is consecration. Consecration is the role you play in all of this. What is your devotional life saying? Listen to this. The Bible says, at all times, pray in the spirit, Ephesians 6, 18. At all times, praise the Lord, Psalms 34, 1. At all times, rejoice, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. At all times, pray, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. At all times, give thanks, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. If you're not doing these at all times, consecration is not taking place. And if consecration is not taking place, Sanctification isn't happening. There is a part you play. Your part, my part, our part is to be devoted to him with our times, 
allowing, coming to him, being more than how we feel on that day or how we feel about that person or what that person said or done. We don't allow those things to be greater than what he has done so that we keep the right perspective. And the right perspective is Hebrews 12 two, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Unless you are separated onto God and saturated by God, the enemy will have dominion over you. Your spirit, because you believe in the blood of Jesus Christ, has escaped the penalty of sin. Praise the Lord. Your soul needs to be in the process of sanctification. Why? Because only in that time you escape the power of sin. The penalty of sin is sorted. But if you don't allow sanctification, which is the empowering work of God, God's life at work in you, if that's not happening, then you, though you have the life, it's not in operation. And as a result, the things that you thought you had overcome will sink back into your life. Guilt, shame, condemnation will happen in your life. Not because you're not a child of God, your spirit is still justified, but you're not in alignment, you're not in agreement, you're not synchronized with the spirit of God. Brothers and sisters, living a life of sanctification is our call.